Hello, everybody. Welcome to Where Work Meets Life. I'm Dr. Laura, and this episode is on career fulfillment, making or breaking our work-life wellness with Megan Reed, co-founder of Canada Career Counseling, a registered psychologist based in Toronto, my business partner out there, whom I deeply respect as an expert and thought leader in career development in Canada. And we're going to talk and have a great conversation for those of you or your loved ones who are struggling, trying to figure out, should I be in this career? And it may be impacting your wellness and how career fulfillment is absolutely important to an overall uh you know, healthy work and life. So Megan, welcome back. Thanks for having me back again today, Laura. It's my pleasure. So work-life wellness. How do you define being well in work and life, Megan? For me, I think it's about enjoying what I do, how I do it, and who I do it with. And I would say that is necessary in my work life and in my personal life. And it's really, you know, waking up, looking forward to what's to come in my day. And then when I'm going to bed, feeling a sense of accomplishment or satisfaction about what's happened in my day. And I think that people who are dreading Mondays, um, it's a sign that are you doing what you are meant to be doing? And, and are you fulfilled, right? Absolutely. If you are dreading Mondays, the answer is probably no. And whether that's because your career is a poor fit or you need to address the the way that you're thinking about things and your own mental health, it could be one or the other, but something isn't adding up if you're, if you're dreading things on every Sunday. And when I uh, started Calgary Career Counseling in 2009, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have a car that talked about career, um, purposeful career. So I had a tagline on my Mini Cooper that said, creating happier Mondays. And I thought, I think that's where it's at. <laughs> if you're doing something you love, Mondays are better. So let's talk about career dissatisfaction or toxic workplaces. How do you see that impacting people's wellness, Megan? Oh, in so many ways that that list could uh, go on for quite a while. But definitely what I see in my work is impacts to people's mental health. So they could be stressed, depressed, anxious, having impacts on their their confidence or their self-worth. There can also be physical health implications too, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, issues with sleep. Um, I would say even things outside of health, like relationships, if people are really unhappy or in a toxic workplace, it can have uh, effects or impacts on their relationships. Another thing that I see is uh, people's spending habits. So sometimes it's they're, they're getting takeout all the time because they're just so stressed and upset or they don't have time to cook a meal. So they just eat out too much and they're spending a lot of money or they go shopping uh, and that buying of those material possessions helps them feel happy in the moment, but then actually more stressed out because they're overspending. Those are just some of the, the ways that come to mind right away. But so many ways, work and life are not separate. Exactly. And I think there are signs and, and symptoms of, of when someone is struggling to the point that they definitely need to make a change. So what are, say, the most common signs and symptoms when people call you at Canada Career Counseling? 
I would say it's the way that they describe how they're feeling. So the most common words that I hear are when people are feeling stuck, unhappy, stressed, unfulfilled. That's, uh, that's what indicates that they need to reach out for help or need to consider a career transition. And when we start career counseling, we do a really thorough exploration of the person. So we dig into their interests, what they enjoy doing, their skills and their strengths, what they're good at, their values, which, which highlights what what they find fulfilling and what motivates them and their personality, which clarifies what they would find really satisfying. And when we look at all that information, we use it like a criteria. We try and go as analytical as possible, even though, you know, people are not experiments or black and white. That list of your interests, your skills, et cetera, can become a criteria that you can compare your your job or your career to. And a lot of the time, what we see when we do that comparison is huge misalignment where it's not them, it's the job. And that's a question that I get a lot from people is, you know, is it me or is it my job? And to me, if your job is not fitting all of those different aspects of you and there, that misalignment exists, it's time to consider a career transition. And when we uh, work with clients, that is usually the outcome that the career is not a good fit for them. Sometimes that's not the case, though. Sometimes it is the career in general is or could be a great fit, but the specific job they're in isn't a good fit. Uh that's that happens some of the time and sometimes we find that there's other reasons like mental health reasons above and beyond the career but most of the time a career transition is needed right and i know how gifted you are at assessing that in people and i think it's a a real benefit to be able to to help others through finding meaning purpose and fulfillment and i i think that organizations um need to be very clear about what is our value proposition? What are our values um, that we have for this company or organization? And being very upfront about that. And I think what happens too often is the values aren't clarified or they say they're something that they're not. And it, it makes for a values misalignment with the person. Can you tell us a little more about that trend? Oh, yeah, I would say... I would say most mid and large size companies and and lots of small companies too, but especially mid and large size companies, they always, almost always identify their values. But if they're actually practicing those values in, in reality is, is another thing. And that's, you know, living your values, whether you're a company or an individual, to me, it's all about integrity. If you say you value work-life balance, but then you're, actions don't align with that. Like you're, you're sending emails as a boss at 11 p.m. It doesn't uh, bode well for the rest of the organization. So I think it's identifying your values and then also clarifying what does it look like to live and work in alignment with those values and then moving forward like that. Very, very well put, Megan. So when it comes to you and all the challenges and problems that, that you might hear from people on a daily basis, how do you take care of your own work-life wellness and not let other people's stresses you know, impact you? Great question. <laughs> I think the first thing that I do is keep things in perspective. Uh, and what I mean by that is that my job and my purpose is to support people so they can 
work through their own challenges, solve the own, their own concerns in their life and, and be happier people. My job is not to solve their problems for them. So that's one thing that, that helps me take a step back and not, you know, ruminate or continue to think about things when I'm done my work day. The other thing I would say is that I do prioritize my own work-life balance. And so I have my time where it's my work time, And then I have my time where it's my personal time and I make sure to keep a clear division there, whether it's, you know, right now I've been working from home and I have the room that I do my work in. And when I'm not working, I don't really spend any time here. I also think the other thing I do is consider balance in my personal life. So it's not just that disconnect of here's my work and here's my life. For me, it's also within my life, what are the different elements that keep me happy and fulfilled? And so for me, it's spending time with friends and family, having meaningful quality time. Um, You know, I've recently started swimming and doing something for my own physical and mental health that way, whether it would be going for my own counseling, engaging in activities that I enjoy doing. So it's it's that balance of time between work and life. And then also in my life, making sure I have a balance within my personal life. Wonderful. And I think we were a good influence on each other because Megan grew up swimming and and knows a lot about swimming, but hadn't done it in ages. And me, I love swimming and hadn't done it in ages. Not that good at it, but it inspired me in talking to Megan to to make a buddy system um, in, okay, I'll take up swimming again too because it's something different it's a different part of your body than my usual culprits which are squash and orange theory and weights and stuff and swimming is just so healthy in a lot of other ways absolutely and i think that buddy system is good right it's good to find a buddy to to help inspire and hold you accountable oh yeah i think it's all about accountability i actually even had this uh this conversation with a client this morning where she was feeling really burnt out from work. And so all she was doing was her work and then everything else was put to the side. So she's like, you know, I've been wanting to go grocery shopping for a few weeks and I haven't gone grocery shopping. I'm not doing my physical exercise. I haven't seen my friends. All I'm doing is working. And we talked about it and and the underlying element was accountability. At work, she has accountability But in her personal life, she's the only one to keep her accountable. So we talked about that sort of system of whether it's me as her psychologist or somebody else in her personal life, who can help keep her accountable for those personal things? Exactly. And was it you, Megan, that used to say when a client is suffering or struggling, it's back to basics. It's back to sleeping, nutrition and activity. Was that you? Uh, I don't know if I used that exact phrase, but but yes, that is my my belief. Like with anything mental health or when anyone is struggling, stressed, anxious, depressed, you have to have the foundational pieces in place, which are nutrition, sleep, and physical exercise. Absolutely. And I think people think physical exercise uh, needs to be the gym or something formal, but it can be the 10,000 steps a day thing, which I think is... Uh, Absolutely. And if I go to, you know, I hope this this isn't anyone listening, but in the case that it is, when I've worked with clients who are severely depressed, their physical exercise for the day might be taking a shower and going up and down their stairs 10 times. Like it doesn't need to be big. Ideally, if you're in a in a better state or have better mental health, yes, yeah, something like going for a walk or 
playing with your kids or something like that would would be uh, preferred, but anything helps. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be 10,000 steps. It can be around the block the first time and then you add to it. But outdoors is just such a beautiful uh, way to get fresh air and nature, which I think adds to healing and well-being. Absolutely. And there's lots of research to show that that time in nature really helps with with mental and physical health things. And it's it's the present focused being connected um, and disconnecting from all of those worrying, stressful thoughts and busy chatter in your mind and just being peaceful in nature. Absolutely. I was at the Kananaskis River with my husband and three kids, and I I didn't sleep well the night before. So I I started off kind of stressed, and my mind was this, you know, continuous um, circuit of thoughts. And I think a lot of people can relate to thought patterns, and you just can't shut off your brain. And here I am in the mountains, but the more that we walked through that river, we actually looked for golf balls, walked through that river, the more I was able to calm my mind, connect with nature, have some good laughs. And really, the day turned out to be just the day I needed. Mm-hmm. And especially living, for me, living in a city like Toronto, oftentimes people want to say, well, there's not nature here. It's all cement and concrete. And that's not the truth. Like, even with public transit in Toronto, there's a lot of parks where you can go. And if you're in that middle of the park, you don't see any buildings, you don't hear any traffic and that's the place to go. If you can get out of the city and go do something uh, cool, like go to Kananaskis or go hiking somewhere, that's even better. But uh, there's always nature around. Yeah, so so wonderful. So let's talk about resources um, that you recommend for people who are exploring their career development. I'd love to hear a book or two and a podcast that you'd recommend or any other resources, Megan. So interestingly enough, I would say that well, there are many, many career development resources out there, but that isn't the first place that I would start if someone is considering a career transition. I would actually be more curious to understand what are the the podcasts or books that they enjoy reading? Like I would want to identify their interests first before they start getting into the career resources. Um, so for me, for example... Uh, in the morning when I'm getting ready, I always like to listen to something. And oftentimes it's on YouTube and it's like an interview of a person who's coming from a challenging life situation. That's just something that's interesting to me. And I'm learning about this individual story. And it's not about my my own career development necessarily, but it identifies, ah, yes, that's something that I'm interested in. And it does tie into the work that I do. So that's what I'd be curious about first is what types of podcasts do people want to listen to? What types of books are appealing or interesting to them, whether that's a, a fiction or nonfiction genre? If somebody is, you know, especially listening to this episode, wanting uh, a career development resource, what I would recommend and what I really like reading is um, a newsletter that comes out from CEREC. So CEREC is the Counseling and Education Research Institute of Canada, and they have a a newsletter that goes out. And what they do is compile, um, sometimes it's articles that are written, or sometimes it's articles from other sources like Harvard Business Review or the Globe and Mail. And I really like it because it's a nice, easily digestible, here are the headlines, and then whichever ones I'm interested in, I can go in and read more information. But I find it really is 
up-to-date, useful um, career development information and concepts. And it really pushes past some of the, you know, rumors that are out there or the beliefs or the messages that people have heard and gets down into the, the real factual information that could be helpful for people. You know what? One other one that I would say, in addition to, uh, to you know, listening to things that, that touch on your own interests, the other thing I would say is I really recommend and like, and I don't have a good source for it, but inspirational stories. Like when you've heard, when you hear about somebody else's transition or how somebody else has gone through a change in their life or their career and how they went about doing it. I think it's it's really motivating and positive and interesting to hear those types of stories, but it can also give you some good tools or ideas or help you, um, you know, build up the motivation to make a change like that in your own life. So that would be my other recommendation. I don't know if I have, there's not a specific place I would go for that. I'm, I'm a big YouTuber, so I would just look on YouTube, but do you have, do you have a recommendation about that? Well, yeah, let me get back on that. Um, Oprah, uh, her soul conversations, I find have some really inspiring episodes on them. And that's my favorite podcast uh, right now. So we'll definitely include that in the show notes um, for everybody. And and certain of my episodes are definitely um, inspiring stories and, and finding meaning in your career and whatnot. So and Canada Career Counseling, of course, there's some blogs and resources on Canada Career Counseling uh, that we'll, we'll link people to. Yes. So uh, my next question I ask all guests is if you didn't need to sleep and could use that time for whatever else you wanted to do or haven't been getting to, what would that be, Megan? So I love sleep. I love my bed. So I would not want to give up the sleep. If Even if I didn't have to sleep, I probably still would because I enjoy it. Um, outside of that, I think it would probably be a combination of well, it would be spending time with people that I care about. So that would be, you know, people in my personal life, my family and friends, more quality time with them. Uh, and also probably still having career conversations because I really do enjoy genuinely helping people. So even when I'm not doing it for work, I often find myself talking to whether it's friends or friends of friends or somebody my husband knows that he said, oh, maybe you could talk to my wife. I just really like, um, you know, meeting people, talking to people, helping people. So that's probably how I would spend my time. And you are great at it, Megan. I can speak from my own experience whenever I've been through something. Um, Megan is there for me and she just has a wonderful way of, yeah, what you said earlier, the empathy combined with the analytical mindset and the right amount of opinion versus coaching the person along to answer the questions for themselves. But also, I think you're, you're good at, you have a lot of knowledge from seeing other people go through pivots that you apply to people, right? I would agree. And it is helpful, like that, call it the vantage point that I have across people as a psychologist and a career counselor. I don't ever think I am the expert on an individual. That person will always know themselves better than I know them. But what I do have is that knowledge and expertise of seeing patterns across hundreds of people and sometimes just sharing that information or, you know, validating how someone feels because it's very common um, can be really helpful. 
Wonderful. My final question, Megan, if you could have one bit wish for a better world when it comes to career development and careers, what would it be? What I would wish for is more balance. And I don't know if this is everywhere around the world as much as North America and especially some of the cities, but things move so quickly. People are connected 24-7. Everything is instantaneous. I think it would be slowing things down. And whether that looks like a four-day work week instead of a five-day work week, um, that would be great, I think. But that's what I would want for careers. Of course, people always want to grow and progress in their careers, but I think it's slowing down how quickly we need to do that and what people see as achievement. It doesn't have to be big, huge things. Recognizing those little achievements day to day in your career development is really valuable. Looking ahead and setting goals is great, but you need to look back and see how far you've come to. So being more mindful and slowing down, that's what I would want for career development. Beautifully put. Wonderful. And I'm reading a book called From Strength to Strength, and it gets at that, how people are in search of constant achievement and external um, carrots that they're working towards. And then as they enter their third third of life, right, those things no longer bring them the same fulfillment as they used to. And I think it's important to look at when we can find that balance of being and not just doing and earlier on than the last third of life, ideally. Oh, yeah, I think it needs to happen even day to day. I know I've had the experience in my life where I've, I've felt at times like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I have all these outstanding items on my to-do list. I have all these emails in my inbox, like I didn't get anything done today. And then, you know, I'm sitting having dinner with a friend and I'm talking through all the things that I did. And it made me realize like, oh, wow, I... I actually accomplished a lot. I still have a lot to go, but I'll always have a lot to go. And I need to recognize and appreciate all of the things that I have accomplished. And I see that across my clients. It's really common that people feel that way, that they're not good enough. They're not doing enough. They need to work harder. They need to work longer. But when we actually sit down and talk about all the things they do in a day or in a week, it helps them realize just like me, oh my gosh, I have done a lot of things and I'm doing great. And the expectations I'm setting for myself are not realistic. So I need to shift those expectations and then I'll feel a lot better. Beautifully put. And a good message for me to hear actually too, Megan. So thank you. Thank you for being who you are, for making a real difference to so many people's lives um, in Canada uh, and beyond through all that you do and your thought leadership and your work with the media and you're directly uh, helping clients through these pivots. And uh, I really appreciate uh, having you on the show, Megan. Thank you. It's been great to uh, talk through these things. I always like the opportunity to, to uh, reflect and to share um, information that could be helpful with, for other people. So thanks for speaking with me today. My pleasure. So if you like this episode, if there's your, friends, loved ones, colleagues who could benefit, please uh, share it with others. Ratings and reviews help me bring the podcast to more people. Sign up for my monthly e-newsletter on drlaura.live on the homepage there, full of resources, tips, the books that we're recommending, other podcasts and blog articles that you might find useful. And I hope that everybody stays well 
and has a wonderful fall. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Where Work Meets Life. If you enjoyed this content, please rate and review the podcast as that helps me get it out to more people. Visit my website at drlaura.live and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter full of tips and resources. Please engage with us on social media and check out the podcast summary for links to my psychology practices, Canada Career Counseling, Calgary Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology. Stay well.